Hello and welcome to the best Christmas present you could ever want, the Christmas edition of Rigore, the Italian football podcast. I'm Marco. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I was trying to give it a Christmas feel. I'm Giancarlo. <laughs> he's, he's got the beard going. but the, I have you, got the beard you going. You need one of those hats with the hair attached to it. I, <laughs> I do, I do. I need any hair, any hair <laughs> attached above the above the top lip is, is welcome. Below the top lip, no problem. Grows <laughs> wild and free, but from the nose upwards, I'm afraid the, the, the nutrients just don't stretch that far. So I've taken the, I've got the Santa beard on this year. Well, uh, yeah, that, that's quite enough about your hirsuteness or, or, or lack thereof. Um, we are going to cover uh, our usual stuff, but I should say that we're recording this on Saturday afternoon, so there are still a number of Serie A games to happen. So our Serie A review will probably be a little shorter, but um, in place of that, we're also going to have a review of our respective clubs' seasons, or perhaps calendar years, I've not decided yet, uh, it's so far. so But but staying on Serie A, I mean, the, the result so far that's happened that jumped out to me probably, and the performance actually, was Salernitana against Milan, holding Milan to 2-2. Milan got the late equaliser through Jovic, but I only saw the highlights of it, but it looked to me like Salernitana actually had a lot of chances. Now, their second goal, lovely Kandreva hit, probably a manual mistake, which is rare, but he had a lot of saves to make in that game. He did, yeah. No, it was there was encouraging signs. I mean, I do think Salernitana are, are a tougher team at home. They don't travel all that well. Um, they do get a good atmosphere, and and you know they can they can trouble teams. And Milan are undoubtedly a team that you can trouble. You know, of the big of the big guns of Serie A. We've said this before. They're very inconsistent. You know, they, they it is as a, every week, Pioli in or Pioli out or. Pioli shake it all about, you know. That th- this this I presume will be a Pioli out week for those that that don't um, like him. But no, there were signs of hope for Salernitana, and it's always a- a- around and about them as well. You know, the the teams are not setting a a great pace, so that was a that was a, could be an important point um, towards the end of the season. I mean, I don't think it harms Milan all that much really because I don't see them as title contenders I do see them as top four contenders so you know they're still firmly ensconced in in the top four so you know it wasn't that painful a result although they would have expected to do better than that we wee bit annoying as a Fiorentina fan to see Luka Jovic starting to score <laughs> goals because eh, that was quite a rarity oh well I mean to be fair to him you know his Europa League record was pretty good he was it was just um, in the league and you know we certainly you know we've got a number of uh, <laughs> we've got rid of two misfiring strikers and brought in two two further misfiring strikers but you know yeah I mean and, and people Zaghi obviously um, you know, long history at Milan. He, he'll not have. He will. He will have taken some pleasure, I suppose, out of taking points, taking points off the Rossoneri. I'm sure he would rather have taken them off, off Inter. But you know, you've got to build your survival campaign somewhere. And yeah, no, that was a that was a good result for for them. After you know, he's not had a brilliant start no. in Zaghi, so you know, this was important to kind of show that they're they're not kind of without hope. You know, they they have got some football to them and they have got the ability and then January is always one of these weird ones where you know teams will lose 
um, players to yeah. African Cup of Nations teams will invest in the transfer market. Salernitana have shown before that they've got an eye for the surprising transfer. I think it would be fair to say. Um, so you know they they might be able to dip into the transfer market as well and um, find a way to keep themselves afloat. But good result to get a to get a draw with Milan definitely. And and the other staying at that end of the table, I suppose uh, Genoa got an important win away to Sassuolo, but it had in it one of these VAR penalties that seemed ridiculous to me to even oh. get, even watching it on VAR. You're like, is that a penalty? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, you know we've said a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, that the clear and obvious elements just been binned mm-hmm. by VAR in Italy. That it's just a look back. If there's the hint of something that I can give as a penalty or rule a goal out for, I'll do it. And that was, I mean, I felt uh, Sassuolo's in a bit of trouble, I would say, yeah. because their their form is pretty poor, you know. And we know that they're absolutely too good to go down. Brackets copyright. I don't know, however many <laughs> seasons. I think copyright Fiorentina ninety three, ninety four, no ninety two, ninety three. Um, when with that team that that went down even though it was too good to go down so you know they've got the players to stay up comfortably and they've got the performance in them to stay up comfortably but the results eh, lately have not been great and and but having said all of that this was a game where which was you know the big part of it was that decision which was just you know a man jumping up for the ball I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're a defender in the penalty box chop your arms off you know I mean you'd almost be tempted if there was a way as a footballer, a defender, that you could somehow strap your arms, ah, you strap your arms down or remove them for the game. You know what I mean? They unscrew them and put them on the sideline, and then screw them back in at full time. Because what what was he supposed? I mean, you know, you jump. You, uh, I mean, uh, I defy anyone to say that their normal jumping action would be with their hands rigidly by their sides. So you know, he jumped up, the hand was up, and then the ball brushed his arm from close range as well. That's the, yeah, those that are the was ones the other that, thing was that really a close range are, I mean yeah. it's not like he moved his hand towards no. the ball or anything like that those are the ones that really annoy me that, that that kind of thing where you know what are you supposed to do yes I had my arms out but I wasn't you know I wasn't it wasn't like he was forming a barrier to stop a shot or something which you know that I think is yeah. fair enough maybe if you you make yourself bigger or whatever that rule is but no it was a nonsense and you know Geno and me well have been good enough to to come back and, and win the game anyway but that certainly helped them and and, and in Goodmanson I think they've got a player that yeah. quite quite a few area teams or elsewhere will be looking at going forward because his assist for the second goal I think yeah. was, a, was was a beauty so you know as I say and, and I've got a lot of time for Gilardino as have you we've waxed lyrical about him in the past as a player so you know I, I, I like Genoa um, as a team and I like him as a manager so I was pleased to see them get the result but if I was a Sassuolo fan I'd certainly feel a bit aggrieved because that was a kind of key turning point in the game and once again it was as I say it was VAR to, I don't know what's the opposite of a clear and obvious yeah, error you know yeah. a, an unclear and you know totally imperceptible error I think it was in this <laughs> in this case but they're calling them back for those so we just have to we just have to get used to it that it's not going to be you know it's not going to be a glaring mistake it's going to be 
I mean, questionable if it even was a mistake that that the yeah. going to catch. And you know, I, I hope it balances out over the season because I hate to think that you know decisions like that could be you know what costs Sassuolo relegation. Or as I say, I'm pleased for Genoa because I quite like the team and the the way they play and the manager they've got. But that that decision, yeah, a nonsense. Watching that back, I just you know every week I think we have a candidate for dodgy penalty of the week, and that certainly you know there's a few. few games to go but that's certainly sitting top of the pile for me at the moment but we don't have just a candidate we have the winner surely of comedy goal of the year in Monza Fiorentina yeah yeah we do we've got probably comedy goal and comedy miss of the year (laughs) I think in the first in the first 10 minutes of that game um, felt really sorry for uh, well I see, I felt sorry. I was absolutely jumping <laughs> up and down around the living room. But, you know, there was a there was a, an element of pity for Mikel Di Gregorio, who's been, you know, one of the best goalkeepers in Serie A this season. But Monza had a determination, I mean, and they stuck to it bravely to play out from the back. Although it was a curious playing out from the back that they did because it was sort of like, two short passes and then a big hoof up the park yeah. seemed to be their tactic, which it worked quite well for them, although I thought they were quite limited against Fiorenti. But I was in this trying to play out from the back. Um, Di Gregorio got the ball back and then tried to play it back to the defender, but did not realise that Lucas Beltran was in the way, who, in, I mean, I think just in sticking his leg out instinctively to try and block the ball, it rebounded off it and went into the net. So, you know, I mean, that's two goals in, in well, I think three and four maybe for Beltran between Europe and, and Serie A, but certainly two and two in Serie A. And, and each one, well, the first one was deflected and this one was comedic. Um, but having said all that, I do think he's quite a good player, Beltran. I think you know these goals maybe can give him the confidence to become the striker that that Fiorentina undoubtedly need. And followed up by, um, I mean, Mister One Leg, Jonathan Icone. <laughs> so, so it really, if a if a one move summed up a player's career at a club, it was this because he was played through. Beautifully, he had the pace, which we don't doubt he got to burn the last defender eh, who tried to foul him, I think, Caldirola. But, you know, he skipped away from him. It's all on his left foot and it just it looks more pronounced because it is on the left foot. He rounded the keeper beautifully and then had a right foot tap in, but insisted on working it onto his left foot. Even then... He had. He mean, I, yeah, he had the whole. I mean, because because D'Ambrosio had committed himself to the right hand side of the goal. There was, I mean, I would say there was a solid 90 percent of the goal to Ema, and yet he shot it. I mean, credit to D'Ambrosio for not giving up and for diving in and for clearing it off the line. But just the same, it was. And I don't think I don't think he couldn't recovered. I mean, I never recovered from that because <laughs> it should have been two 0 and that should have been game over. I mean, as it was, it was kind of game over because. Monza, I mean, I think they maybe managed one, two shots on goal in the remaining the remaining ninety minutes. It certainly wasn't it wasn't classic Fiorentina. They weren't brilliant, but that's two games now where they've ground out results. I mean, it was a much better performance. The Verona yeah. they rode their luck absolutely. That game, I thought they controlled it for large spells. There were a couple of. Um, moments of concern, but I thought I've seen a bit of a kind of regression in Monza's play as well. I mean, they took Colpani off, who's been kind of their revolution man. On they brought Colombo on, and he just really, he just really sort of 
ran into people, didn't do a didn't do a lot. So you know, a wee bit a, a wee bit of a step back. I mean, they're still in a comfortable enough position. But yeah, it was a it was a comedy moment. But it ended a, well. It, it gave me a, some Christmas cheer with with two wins in a row. Put Fiorentina at least temporarily up into the Champions League spots. So that was a that was a nice touch as well. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so a fine way to to um, greet Christmas in that spot, I suppose. But um, before we uh, get to the review, we'll, we are recording this on Saturday afternoon and uh, we I just, I was going to say suffered through, but it wasn't quite that bad. We watched the Venezia game against Lecco, who, you know, Lecco are near the bottom of the table. It's a game we should be we should be winning. Um, it was a pretty terrible performance in the first half. Um, we had a lot of possession, did nothing with it, gave away a penalty. Lecco were 1-0 up. Um, then we came out obviously more determined in the second half. Another brilliant piece of skill from Johnson, Dennis Johnson, to control it with the sort of side back heel of his foot, brought it down, beat the man, and then curled it into the far post. It was absolute beauty. But And then two minutes later, Tesman from 30 yards blasted it in the bottom corner. And I thought at that stage, well, this is it. We'll get another. We'll probably get another one, if not two. But... Um, even though we dominated, we Leco got one attack, and it was a fairly simple sort of cross into the box, nod it down for the attacker, and we couldn't cope with it, and they scored, which was frustrating. Um, so, as it happens, as usual, all the you know the other results weren't disastrous um, for us, so we are still sitting in second place, um, but it's a much tighter now. So Parma have managed to open up a little gap there, four points ahead of us, and then. I think down to sixth place, Cittadella, there's only two points between us and them. So um, we have one more game this year on Boxing Day um, against Feral Pizalo, and I'm hoping that we can win that one. If we could win that, that would be a fine end to the year. Uh, And we are still in second place. Do do you think, Marco, that the... I mean, I'm not trying to overstate our... A sort of influence here, but do you, I mean, do you think the Venezia players listen to the podcast? Because it seems like whoever you and I single out for ridicule perform really, start to perform yeah, really exactly, well. Because right. I mean, I, I'm sure I remember last season uh, something along the lines of "I never want to see Tesman in a Venezia shirt again." That was a long come, time come, ago, but it was coming, last, the start of last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, coming out of your mouth, yeah. and you know, we've both. We've both had our had our guffaws at, at, at the sort of the the Bambi on ice effect yeah. of of Dennis Johnson, and yet they they seem to be you know Johnson certainly become a player, and Tessman seems to produce moments of of brilliance. I mean you know maybe not maybe not the full night, maybe it seems to certainly turned around um, a, a bad a bad start. Well, I, th- I think seems both to be... of them have responded well to Vanoli. He's really made a difference to them. So. Uh, more, more more than us, you know. Yeah, Vanoli, yeah, probably more, more than, than us. That. I would say. Maybe, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, although I was going to say as well, in terms of Fiorentina players, I bad mouth Beltran, and and suddenly he's knocking in the goals. So <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe there is something to this. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know. There is something in it. Maybe Serie A players and Serie B players listen in, and then they say, "We'll show that pair of buffoons." <laughs> Well, certainly, certainly, our record of being completely wrong about things is pretty impressive. But yeah, aye, these these players just uh, just transfer. But I mean, long may long may it continue. Certainly, Johnson. I think it was the thing. The thing for me with Johnson was he had a lot of the elements 
to be a good player, but they yeah. didn't look like they were ever going to fall into place. And now it looks like, like it looks like they might. Uh, Tessman, I've not seen so much of, but you know, it, it felt a bit like he might be one of these players that they'd only signed because of the uh, American ownership or whatever. And you know that it was going to be that it was one of these things that was just purely to sell a shirt or whatever. But he certainly seems to be coming. Quite a quite an important player. Well, for you as well. Enough, with Tesman, I think what made a huge difference was Vanoli coming in, obviously, and seeing something in him that um, previous managers hadn't. But also, I think, strangely, Yayalo, who had played well, um, he got injured, and Tesman stepped into that regista sort of role, and he's 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 settled into that role brilliantly, and now he is the man. You know, out of all our midfielders, you expect to see his name on the sheet on the team sheet at kickoff. So he has really adapted well. And um, we may come back to Tesman in a moment when, when we discuss our, our players of the of the year. But uh, yeah, I, 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 just before we do that, I was just going to say, obviously in Serie A, there's still a few games to, to come, as I mentioned. Inter are playing Lecce, uh, Verona, Cagliari, and then Roma, Napoli in the, in the evening. Um uh, what, what are you expecting out of those, if if anything? I mean, well, inter, an inter victory yeah. certainly. Although you know they'd suffered an upset in the cup, which you know I, I know that probably if there was anything that they would sacrifice, it would be that. But still, Bologna, who we've sung the praises of, continue their um, their good run and, and knocked them out in extra time to meet Fiorentina in the. In the quarterfinals, defending defending runners up, Fiorentina in, in the quarterfinals of the of the cup, Roma Napoli. Uh, I mean, not to dwell on it too long because probably by the time people listen to this, so let me get this completely yeah. wrong um, and say that I would expect. I mean, I would expect the usual histrionics from Roma, but I, I think they might be. I think they might be successful because I still think Napoli are. Uh, work in progress uh, under Mazzari and, and although I've definitely seen signs I mean for the sake of entertaining football I'd like to see Napoli probably win 4 or 5-1 to be honest <laughs> but 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 with my sort of realistic head on I wouldn't be surprised if it was 1-0 and you know with a with a number of 1-0 for Roma with a number of red cards involved either for either side really because Roma are very good at you know, working on a referee and, and and getting under the skin of opposition players as well, and there are a number of Napoli players who they could uh, sort of egg on to get us. So I, I expect a good game though, because you know I think it's it's a contrast of styles always makes for entertainment. So a, a ding dong battle. So I mean, I to say tune in in the new year, and you can all goad me about how. Totally incorrect. I was <laughs> exactly. in those in those forecasts, but but as I said, uh, yeah, I just wanted to take a bit of time since it is the our last episode of the year. Even though there are some games going to happen, this is the the last episode we're recording of the calendar year. Um, who is your Fiorentina player of the year, and what score would you give Fiorentina for? You know, out of ten for the for the year. And when yep. I say year, I'm probably referring to calendar year. But if you want to limit it to the season, then that. Yeah, no, no, I can do that. I can do the full year because I, I mean, they, they have tortured me at times. They have caused me pain and agony. And maybe, maybe if you hadn't asked me after back to back wins in European <laughs> qualification, I'd, I might have been 
Um, I might have been more harsh in my in my judgment, but in terms of player of the year, I, I don't think there's anybody comes close to Bonaventura um, throughout the year. I mean, it, uh, you might argue that he's he's missed out games with injury. You know, he's getting older, so um, I guess you could say that maybe he hasn't played as many games as as some players. And you know, on that front, Biragi would probably give him a a battle, but. For influence, for the player that I look for, eh, I've seen good signs from Artur Melo this season as well. But that's half a season, whereas Bonaventura was key to the kind of the progress in Europe and Cup last year, and um, has has continued that. You know, this season he's been enjoying as until kind of some niggles have seen him miss a couple of games and you know I think that's to Fiorentina's credit that they've managed to eke out wins when he's not been playing but just just one of these players that's got better with age you know I think he's always been a good good Serie A player but it's just with you know he's not pacey he's not showy particularly but he just does the right thing nine times out of ten and scores some lovely goals now as well, you know, from a midfield role that's not particularly um, attacking, although he has been moved into, I mean, I think that's been uh, credit to Italiano, really, that he's realised that moving him closer to goal um, was a good idea. So, yeah, for me, he's been um, undoubtedly our man of the year um, and will feature on Fiorentina's Time magazine <laughs> this this year. In terms of a mark out of ten, I think I mean I'd, I'd have to be a sort of seven and a half kind of guy. I think because you know although it was annoying to to lose out in two cup finals, when you follow uh, people that listen to the pod, although we follow teams that generally give us more disappointment than delight. So you know to to go that deep in those two competitions to qualify for Europe again and this season to still be in, you know, to win your European group. But I'm, al- I'm almost... He's <laughs> talking get, himself up. I'm, I'm almost talking myself up to an eight there, but I mean, that would be <laughs> lunacy because, you know, that that sounds like it's been the greatest year ever to be a Fiorentina and there have been some right scunner results as well. And, you know, and, and, and if you were a fan of a big team, you'll be chuckling into your lemon cappuccino as you listen um, because you'd be saying he's given it seven and a half and they won nothing you know and it's the same as these yeah. things you know where, where people make jokes about Tottenham Hotspur bringing out a video of the <laughs> yeah. you know for the week that they were second in the league or something you know it is a bit like that but you know as I say to me seven and a half out of ten solid it's been more fun than more fun than pain and, you know, to get to two cup finals, uh, ultimately lost them. But to still be now sitting in, you know, as, as we speak, sitting in a Champions League place into the quarterfinals of the cup and, you know, comfortably through in the end in Europe to, uh, you know, a, not even a playoff game. They're through to the last 16 of the conference, which again, uh, big, big club fans will be laughing and saying Mickey Mouse trophy or whatever. But, you know. When you support Fiorentina, you'd be happy. Any old trophy, Mickey Mouse <laughs> or Mickey the Mickey Mouse Cup, would be toured around. Would be toured around Florence in an open top bus. So that that's that's my that's my view. I mean, what what kind of obviously it's been a different, um, it's been a different twelve months for 
for Venetia. Yeah. Well, how how is it? How would you and Cal- who's been the, who's been the man of the hard. year? Yeah, calendar year is slightly harder to judge, I suppose, because this season has been in contrast to the last. Although the second half of last season was a, a massive improvement on the first, it's fair to say. So, yeah, I, I would I would say in terms of um, I was trying to think player of the year. It, you know, Johnson, we've just been discussing him, has been phenomenal this season in terms of what he's done, but it has only been this season. So, um, and and Tesman would definitely be in the conversation as well, but I think it is, probably has to be Poyampalo because he is the he is the talisman for our change in fortunes, really, since the start of the year. And he hasn't scored as many goals this year. He's had a bit of injury trouble and stuff, but he, he is still the leader on the pitch. You can see that he is the focal point when he's on the pitch. He makes a big difference when he is there. So um, I think it was important that he came back on today. So yeah, I would definitely pick him as our player of the year. And in terms of score, I, I was going to settle in, in somewhere similar to you, about seven and a half probably. Um, you know, again, if you were only looking at this season, then I would probably put it a bit higher because we're sitting in second place, even though past couple of weeks have been slightly slightly gone off the boil a bit but um i think over the over the season it was it, you know from where we were you'd put it close to a 10 because we were bottom of serie b i think in january uh, so we've suddenly turned things around but i th- i think altogether we've progressed really well and you know if if we had won these last three games we'd probably be top of the table in serie b now which would definitely have increased my score probably a full point but yeah I would say seven and a half is a is a is a good place and I'm hoping by the end of the season I can increase that a bit um but yeah it's been uh, those of us that listen uh, or those listeners that that heard the the first season or two of of this podcast probably <laughs> wouldn't be used to such high scores from from I know they were last I was going to people be wondering though why are we still so miserable most <laughs> exactly weeks, you yeah, know yeah, exactly. we've just given a seven and a half out of ten to our season and and uh, and yet you know most weeks when you tune in uh, we're 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 downbeat but it's it's <laughs> but no as you say globally you're taking the bigger picture I think you're I think that's the thing is Often on a Sunday night, you'll get us in a in a glum mood because yes. you know there's been a draw that you, you you've clutched, you've sort of um, seized a draw out of the jaws of victory or whatever you know. Um, so that does drag you down. But when you take a wider view, you can say, well, you know, this is Fiorentina or this is Venezia. What are our realistic targets? Have we hit them? You know, and so that certainly, you know, for me anyway, that's that's the, 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 over the year. Um, they have, and you have to, you have to be realistic about what they what they can achieve, and you just hope that they then both teams, I guess, kick on from that, and you know deliver something in in Venezia's terms, a promotion, and in Fiorentina's terms, well, a trophy would be just gobsmacking, really, you know. Mm. So one of those, I mean, it's not going to be the Scudetto, so um, the, the the cup or that. Um, you know, to get to get our hands on um, Aston Villa in the final of the <laughs> of the Conference League would be absolutely lovely, and to win this time. Although, I'll be honest with you, I think Aston Villa is probably a better team than West Ham. Yeah, there. but um, true, but yeah. but perhaps perhaps Fiorentina could be a better team as well by then. So who knows what January holds? So there's always that worry when you support a kind of 
middling team. Yes, that somebody, somebody's, it, yeah. somebody's been listening in and says, oh, Jons and Tessman, I like those boys. I think they could do a job somewhere else. Or, yeah. you know, the same thing, Bonaventura, Duncan, whatever, players that have been playing well, maybe they come and pinch them. So, And that would, I mean, I think listeners would be pleased if we went back to a more... A more miserable approach in the in the in to come. But I mean, two seven and a half. I think that's you know that's that's class. That's, that's, that's a quality a quality finish. God bless twenty twenty three. Bring on bring on more years where we give them seven and a exactly. half. Exactly. I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a fine way to to round out the year. So yeah, thanks for thanks for listening this year. If you have done and uh, you know as ever, please do like, follow, subscribe tell your friends about the podcast it has slowly been growing and it'd be great to keep it growing in 2024 but otherwise um if you're listening to this before christmas have a great christmas and new year and we will be back in 2024 uh, uh, with this uncharacteristic um optimism hopefully continuing and long may it continue long may it continue marco cheers Excellent.